You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. The 757 is steeped in high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give local sports the spotlight it deserves every single night. It's the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. Seven five seven at six, ESPN Radio ninety four point one. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler, keeping us up and running. We we can't blame the transfer portal for this one. The transfer portal has not been kind to Old Dominion. This one, not the transfer portal's fault. ODU star tight end. This coming a direct uh, headline from the Virginian Pilot. So check out the uh, the article by David Hall. ODU star tight end Zach Kuntz announces he will test NFL waters. Says he looks forward to representing the Monarchs at the next level. If he stays in the draft, which I would not be surprised because, you know, he's going to measure through the the roof. He's going to measure through the roof. He's going to run through the roof, assuming he's healthy and past whatever has kept him out for most of this year. He will jump through the roof. He will, he will, he will test very well. And the NFL likes tight ends that are specimens. If that's the case, Blake Watson's in the transfer portal. Ollie Jennings is in the transfer portal. Zach Kuntz is testing the NFL waters. All three of them have eligibility left. That would mean my entire beatbox from preseason. And if you don't know what beatbox I'm talking about, I said that the offense should be Watson, Kuntz, and Jennings, Watson, Kuntz, and Jennings, Watson, Kuntz, and Jennings, Watson, Watson, Kuntz, and Jennings, in whatever order you want. Kuntz and Watson, Jennings. Could be Jennings, Watson, Kuntz. Could be whatever you want. Just had to be those three guys as many different ways as you could. And then during the season, Kuntz went out with an injury. Ali Jennings went out with an injury. Blake Watson was out, but then came back for a game. Or was out for a game, then came back. And now all three not expected to come back if if their status stays the way it is right now. Now, obviously, they could come back, right? Just because you go into the portal doesn't mean you're not allowed to come out of the portal. Just because you put your name into the NFL draft doesn't mean you can't have a change of heart a couple days later. But if we take them for their word and they are in the portal to stay, they are in the draft to stay... ODU has a tough one ahead of them. But, right, every coin has a flip side, right? The portal is going to have to solve some problems for you as well. Portal can cause problems. Portal can solve some problems. There are 975 names in the portal already. Last year, there were 3,000 total. Many still aren't even eligible yet. This was the first day they were eligible to go in. Um... But also, like, if you tell your team they have two days to put your name into the portal. So if you are a player of certain value, there's a good chance that you tell your coach, hey, put my name in the portal. And they say, let me talk to you for the next two days before I do that. But the, the, the 48 hours started. So over the next two days, we'll see a flood of names go into the portal. You have to do some shopping. You have to. Have to, have to, have to. Right, if if players of of a certain caliber are leaving your program, players that you were depending on were leaving your program. The thing is, they're not leaving 
at a freshman level. They're leaving at a junior level or a senior level. So you need to find some veterans to fill that presence. You may have them on your roster, which is great if you do. Thank your lucky stars. If you're like, yeah, perfect. Zach Kuhn's graduated. We have this guy that's ready to take over that same role. Beautiful. Love it. But if not, start going to start, start doing some shopping and look for people. We talked about this on Friday. Look for for legs up on the competition. For example, Cameron Kelly was one of the top recruits in the area. He went to Oscar Smith, went to North Carolina. He's a defensive back. Guess what? He's in the portal. Keyshawn Artis, a linebacker that played a decent amount for Virginia Tech at times through his career, is in the portal. And these guys are are from the area. So if they if they are looking and will consider ODU, you better get there and let them know there's high-level football down the street from their house. And they'll have the opportunity to play ACC teams every year uh, and sometimes at home, and, and they can show what the ACC messed up by not taking advantage of you when you were there. The point is very simple. The point is the transfer portal taketh and giveth, so you better take advantage of it. Wow, this is a big one that just came. Who is Hayes Fawcett? Can we trust Hayes Fawcett? Yes. Hayes Fawcett is social media football. Oh, he's on three. So on three is all over the uh, the portal. Just said Tony Grimes is in the portal. Or, sorry, tells on three sports that he has entered the portal. So he's, he's not in there yet because UNC has put in like I explained. Tony Grimes was the number one corner in the country. Started in North Carolina as a true freshman, which should have been his senior year of of high school because he graduated early because he wasn't sure what COVID was going to do to high school football. That's big time. He, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. But if he's willing to come home, you bring him home. You pull out all the stops. Even if he might be a little uh, high of a pedigree of a recruit, you do everything you can. My point is the the coming home is something ODU can benefit on. That is something they can almost uh like like thrive upon. They can vulture. Cause there are a ton of recruits from this area, from this state even, from from uh uh the entire Commonwealth of Virginia that go all over to big, 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 big. I was looking at the uh the twenty four seven state of Virginia recruiting rankings. I mean, it is Penn State, Penn State, Penn State. There's a lot of Penn State. And if I were Ricky Ronnie, I would have a pipeline from State College PA to ODU for all those guys that go to Penn State and then realize it's cold in Penn State. It's cold in State College PA. And if you're maybe not getting the playing time you want, you can come right back down home, get a lot of playing time, be near the beach, and play well. How about that? And yes, if you, if you haven't caught on to what I'm doing right now, I am doing my very, very best to take a tough situation and, and put some spin on it. The tough situation is, if you told me ODU was bringing back Watson, Kuntz, and Jennings for next year, and, and they would take the offseason to get healthy, and they would be all be contributing to the same offense, I would be over the moon. I would say, sure, they ended on six straight losses, but none of those losses had Zach Kuntz in it. And a bunch of them didn't have Ali Jennings in it. So there's a world where the problems are solved already. But because they're leaving, you have to you have to find a way to replace that production. 
or to get much better on defense. So you don't have to replace as much production on offense, right? Everything's a sliding scale. And coming home is something you can use to your advantage. There's a lot of schools out there. Think of who you're competing against. Who else is, is a big dog in the Sun Belt? No disrespect to Boone, North Carolina, but App State doesn't have a bunch of Boone, North Carolina prospects that are in the portal that they can say, hey, let's come back home to Boone, North Carolina. Right? Huntington, West Virginia? Marshall? There's a couple, but there's not, 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 not like this area. You can benefit from that. You can absolutely benefit that. Or you should be able to benefit from that. I've been screaming that from the very first day I took over this show. Recruit, recruit, recruit. This area, locally, regionally, use that to your advantage. There are no, zero FBS football programs other than ODU that can tell a recruit at Oscar Smith or Ocean Lakes or Phoebus or or Maury or I mean we can go on and on and I I get caught in that all the time where I start naming high schools and then I just know that the text line is going to light up with why didn't you mention my favorite high school why didn't you mention this why didn't you mention Cox why didn't you mention all these sorry pretend I mentioned your favorite high school but you can't tell no other FBS program can say we're within a an hour drive of or 45 minute drive or 20 minute drive depending on which high school you're talking about to to your your school maybe UVA but maybe not depending on where you are use it couple other names that are in the portal from the area, uh, just so we're all aware. Like I mentioned, Cameron Kelly, Oscar Smith, Keyshawn Artis, Oscar Smith, uh, Armani Chapman went to Catholic, Lakeem Rudolph went to Green Run. All of these guys are in the portal already. So get to calling. Gosh, the portal has changed college football. We lost our number one wide receiver, our number one tight end, our number one running back. What the heck are we going to do? Well, we're going to go try to steal someone else's number one running back, number one wide receiver, number one tight end. Can we pull it off? Only time will tell. Let's hit the portal. That's how, that's how we get down. 757 at 6, ESPN Radio 94.1. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. You can also follow me at Donnelly Sports. D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. All of our social media is brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. We'll be back with an ODU prospect that got paid, and we'll be doing so into his 40s. Stick around. It's the 757 at 6, talking local high school and college sports on your number one local sports station, ESPN Radio 94.1. Justin Verlander is on an all-time hot streak. This guy needs to buy a lotto ticket. He needs to go to Vegas, spin the roulette wheel. The guy's on an all-time hot streak. Starting with coming back from Tommy John at age, what, 38, to win his third Cy Young and a World Series at age 39. He's already made a boatload of cash. He's married to a supermodel. And now he just agreed to. And by the way, he also went to ODU. Throw that in there. Old Dominion. Three-time Cy Young winner Justin Verlander, Old Dominion product, has agreed to a two-year, $86 
million. I mean, part of me wants to say this with a Dr. Evil pinky up near my mouth. Two years, $86 million is the contract he's he's signed with the New York Mets. Sources told ESPN's Jeff Passan on Monday. The deal includes a vesting third option, again, sources told ESPN, uh, which would be for $35 million in 2025. Now, that is a gigantic deal that anyone would be proud of, anyone should be happy with, but it gets even more wild and crazy when you realize that he turns 40 in February. 40 and returned from Tommy John surgery recently. This, this is one of the all-time late career hot streaks that we've ever seen. And, and now he's leaving the World Series champion. And if he goes and does it again with the New York Mets, there's going to be like six cities that this guy never has to pay for a drink. And he could afford the drink because he's getting paid every which way. Unanimous winner of his third Cy Young, by the way. I don't know if I said unanimous before. He got every single vote. Now, here's the crazier part about it, right? Because, uh, and, and you know what? I should put my biases on Front Street. I should put my biases on Front Street. I am a Mets fan. I am also going to put my, I don't even know if it's biases, it, my, my negatives out there. I don't like this deal because they already have a really old three-time Cy Young winner in Max Scherzer. And at some point, the Mets are going to be paying $80 million for two guys like 42 years old. I don't love that, okay? I don't love that. Especially because, um, talking to MLB Network, uh, Dusty Baker was talking about the impact that that Justin Verlander had on their on their uh, their their rotation, right? Because Verlander is a workhorse; he's a stud; he's their their big famous guy, right? So they're losing him. He had opted out of the last year of his contract with the Astros, and and was moving forward. and And they were talking to to Dusty about it, and here's what he had to say. On days that he pitched, I could go full bullpen before he pitched, and I could go full bullpen after he pitched. And that's something that the real horses, if you want to be a horse, then you not only pitch on the days that you're supposed to pitch, but you make it easier on the day before and after you pitch. That preserves your bullpen big time. Close quote. That's what Dusty Baker said Justin Verlander does. Now... If he were fresh out of Old Dominion, right, young to mid-20s, nothing but but energy, enthusiasm, and quick healing powers, I'm all for it, right? Then it, that, yeah, when he was on the Detroit Tigers, well, that, that I'm all for it. Then, yes, go nuts, right? Let him eat innings. But if that's what the Mets are expecting him to do at age 40, I'm not sure I love it. Part of me says... If he doesn't have the goods, if he gives up four runs early, get him out. Save the arm. It's a 40-year-old arm. Or the next year, a 41-year-old arm that is getting $43 million. Don't run it ragged simply because you're like, oh, I'd like to save the bullpen for the next game. It, I mean, it is unprecedented territory. And, and Verlander now officially goes in the LeBron James... Tom Brady, Chris Paul, like just the 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 guys who completely rewrite what we think a modern 
athlete can do as far as pitching late. Like it used to be like a Nolan Ryan would pop up, he'd pitch into, or a Jamie Moyer would pitch into his 40s at varying levels of success, and, and we would just be awestruck. And everyone would, would not believe that it's happening, and they darn sure wouldn't get $43 million a year. Now we have these guys that are not only doing it, but it's almost like if they aren't one of the best pitchers or best players in their sport, we're going to be extremely disappointed. And that is crazy. It used to be if you sign someone in their 40s and they give you anything, it's like, hey, pleasantly surprised. Look at that old guy still getting it done. Jamie Moyer was like, and I don't know why he's like, he's the patron saint of just old pitchers, right? He's like, I can, I can give you between 79 and 84 miles an hour pure junk ball and when we win i'm gonna dig up the mound and take it home which is exactly what he did when they won the the phillies world series in 08 everybody was celebrating he found a shovel and dug up the rubber took it home with him like old guy quirky most people retire long before they become old guy quirky i watched uh tom brady walking into monday night football just now is on TV. They had him like walking into the stadium. He was holding his phone in a way that I can only describe as no one under the age of 35 has ever held their phone. He was carrying it just like he, it was a foreign object, which I know it's not. He tweets, he texts, he does all that, but it's just an old guy thing. Justin Verlander is going to be the old guy. Now I will say this with the Mets. And again, I'm a Mets fan, so I'm allowed to make this joke. Uh, is there some way we can we can get every Mets game as a midday game? Because their rotation is going to have to be in bed by like 8.15, 8.30. Can we, get, can we get the matinee, the early bird special for most of their games? Like a little, you know, a little noon start. They're going to be up at 5.30 doing the crossword puzzle. So, so you might as well just take advantage of that, right? If there is some kind of award that can go to the, the Major League Baseball starting rotation that does the best at 90s trivial pursuit then yeah they're going to be right there because no one else was alive in the 90s they were pitching in the 90s i know not really but pretty darn close by the way he has done well uh in the nl east i guess he's never been a full-time national league pitcher for an entire season so there's not a lot to go off of but he's done well against the nl east Everyone's celebrating this, and they should, especially, I mean, first of all, ODU, I don't know who handles your fundraising, but one of your one of your alum, who both he and his brother played for your team, just signed for $86 million over two years after making hundreds of million dollars in his career already, and I know your baseball team is looking to raise some funds. So I'm, I'm just saying, track down the number, try DMing him on Twitter, Instagram, find a way to get in contact with him. Go to a game, buy a seat, hold up a sign, do something. And his and his owner is very rich as well. See if you can't get a he donates you match situation, right? Let's get creative here. Let's get creative. It's a three-time Cy Young Award winner. Have I ever told you about my uh my buddy that I was doing college like TV with? Wasn't a baseball fan? You have not. He had a Ron Burgundy moment. We were uh this is irrelevant to our story about Verlander, but it's funny. Uh, so one of my teammates, a uh, football player, what, me and him were like doing a sports center type deal where we're on either side of the desk and we're supposed to be we're basically like a knockoff wannabe tryhard edition of like uh, Rich Eisen and, and Stuart Scott where we're like quipping and going back and forth and we try it out catchphrases and stuff. 
and uh, he's reading the teleprompter, and they said Cy Young Award winner. But it, the teleprompter was all caps because we were taught in journalism school, you write it in all caps because it's easier to read. And he read Cy Young. This is supposed to be a sports center type anchor. Read Cy Young as CY Young Award winner, which is not horrendous, but just enough to say this guy has no idea what he's talking about. So it would be the equivalent of me doing this story and going, three times CY Young Award winner Justin Verlander signed with the New York Mets. Happens to the best of them. Uh, but but I say all of that to say this. A, ODU's probably greatest baseball player, right? I, don't, I, don't I think, think so. Don't think I'm going out on a limb there. Uh, although there are some, some other good ones, but Verlander, I mean, he's going to go down as one of the best pitchers of all time. Uh, is still in the league, still getting paid, still going to a contender, still expected to be a top-of-the-line starter, still expected to help his team compete for World Series championships in a bigger market, and he was in like the third biggest market in the country, goes to the first biggest market in the country, still going to be rich, and still a walking advertisement for ODU. Get a fat head, get a mural, put it up in the locker room, let recruits see it, because he is a walking billboard for ODU baseball. And he's rich. 757 at 6, ESPN Radio 94.1. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. You can also follow us, follow me at Donnelly Sports, D O N N E L O Y S P O R T S. All of our social media brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. ODU football has a new offensive coordinator and a new offensive line coach. What will they bring to the table? Stick around. Putting a spotlight on local high school and college coaches and athletes. It's the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. 757 at 6 ESPN Radio 94.1. For the first time since two weeks before the college football season, Ricky Ronnie, head coach of ODU football, gets to be Ricky Ronnie, head coach of ODU football, and not Ricky Ronnie, head coach ODU football, slash offensive coordinator mentor, slash quarterbacks coach, slash all these other things. Old Dominion announced the hiring of Kevin Decker as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for ODU. Yesterday? Yeah, two days ago? Three days ago? Something like that? Today? Was it earlier today? It was, it was early this morning. Gosh, the days all bleed together. If you would have told me Saturday, I would have believed you. Well, the report came out over the weekend, and then oh, they okay, officially so the announced it today. All right. Decker brought his offensive line coach with him. Apparently, they're kind of package deal like that. Love it. Offensive coordinator and offensive line coach melding together, mind meld, love it. Do you know what else is? I don't even know. Like, this is a tough one because this can't be the expectation. And I'm not sure this even applies when you jump from the FCS to the Sun Belt. But they averaged 609 yards per game at Fordham, 49.5 points per game, 600 plus yards per game. And we'll round up to 50 points 600 plus yards per game and 50 points is bananas absolutely ridiculous they led all of the football championship subdivision fcs formerly known as one double a in first downs and passing offense their quarterback led the country in touchdown passes total passes passing yards and total offense he is a finalist for the the walter payton award which is the uh the heisman of the fcs that is bananas. Now, here's the deal. I don't think 
everything is going to translate. I can't. But what I love, what I what I think this program needs, what they are thirsting for is just someone at the head of the table in the offensive coaching staff room. Now, it was Coach Ronnie, kind of, but it was Coach Reiner, kind of. It was supposed to be Coach Patinode, but he resigned two weeks before the season. It's just you need to have somebody that is spearheading the offense. And if the the head coach thinks that that they have other like head coaching things, which is a lot to put on their plate, then then it shouldn't be them. And that's what Coach Ronnie is saying, right? It's it shouldn't be him. So they they went and got an awesome offensive coordinator. Now it's about figuring out what from Fordham applies to the FBS and one of the better Group of Five FBS conferences. One thing that I would look for, and this is, again, speculation. This is just me reading the tea leaves of a situation. I believe DeMorat, their their uh, their quarterback, has one more year of eligibility. I'm just throwing that out there. And obviously, if you transfer now, you don't have to sit out. There's no use of a year of eligibility. I, I believe he has one more. He was a senior, but I believe one of those years was the COVID year that doesn't count against your uh, your your eligibility, so I believe he has one more. And if that is the case, I would be intrigued. The transfer portal right now is going wild. I would just be intrigued. Now, Hayden Wolf doesn't want to hear that, and he shouldn't want to hear that. And if he is hearing that, he's probably really mad right now, and he should be. I don't know. I'm just inferring the way I've seen things happening, right? Deion Sanders left FCS Jackson State, went to Colorado. What happened? He brought his son, who was the quarterback, Shador Sanders, with him. So if you are leaving the FCS with a 50 points per game offense and you're going to ODU, there's probably a possibility you want to make that move. Similar situation. Uh, uh, it was... Bailey Zappi, I think they were at Houston Baptist or something, and the head coach left to become the offensive coordinator at, at Eastern Kentucky, if I'm getting that, Western Kentucky, I think Western it was Western Kentucky, Kentucky. Yep. and they brought like the top three wide receivers and Bailey Zappi with them, and they broke records through for 60-plus touchdowns in one season. So we, we have a little bit of uh, precedent set on package deals between coach and player. Now... The most important thing that he brings is stability. The most important, and I love that they did it quickly. I love that it feels like the season ended and 10 minutes later they had their offensive coordinator. I love that with a fiery, fiery passion. Because now this entire offseason, from exit interviews to spring ball to offseason workouts to training camp to everything, can be set up with this guy at the head of the table, putting in what he wants to put in, building the players in a way that he wants to build them so they are all ready to roll next year. Because, as we mentioned earlier, there's going to be an element of starting from square one. Because Ollie Jennings, transfer portal, Blake Watson, transfer portal, Zach Kuntz, uh, testing the waters in the draft. So this offense is not only going to show up, it's going to show up and there's going to be a whole bunch of names that we either know as quote unquote role players or that we don't know at all. Decker, by the way. Oh, goodness. Wait a second. I'm now learning I played against Decker. 2012 graduate of the University of New Hampshire, Decker played quarterback for the Wildcats where he was the CAA Player of the Year and a finalist for the Walter Payton Award in 2011. 2011 
I believe we didn't play New Hampshire in 2011. We played them in 2010, though. We beat them in the playoffs. What up? Interesting. Now I have to go back and figure out who this guy is. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up. Uh, I gotta I gotta text my old defensive players and say what's the scouting report on the 2010 quarterback from New Hampshire, and I'll get the real details on this guy. Yeah. Now now we'll we'll get the 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 lowdown and dirty on what kind of a player he was. And I believe this. You can tell everything you need to tell about somebody from what kind of player they were. Right? If they say like, oh, you know, made some bad reads, but was a wild athlete, I'll go, oh no. If they say like, oh, you know. Physically a little under, uh, you know, underwhelming, but mentally he destroyed us. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. His offensive lineman looks like. Now, it's, it's, see, I'm, I'm just learning this in real time now. Played in the Senior Bowl, the offensive line coach Zach Heidel, Huddle, Huddle, Huddle. That's right. That's what I would have gotten there eventually. Huddle. All Patriot. All right. He's a good, good player. I, and I like good players on my roster, I'll tell you that much. So all that to say this. This past year for ODU was a tough one for many reasons. One of them, and we speculated on it at the beginning of the year, was was because of their offensive coordinator situation, right? Uh, with, with Dave Patnode being named the offensive coordinator in the offseason and not even making it to the first game as the offensive coordinator, that is going to throw a wrench in any kind of preparations you have as a team. And it was difficult to overcome. They were shifting roles. They they hired a new assistant like right before the season. It was a very, very fluid situation, which is not what you want going into a very, very tough schedule, which is what ODU had, right? They had the new Sunbelt, much more difficult conference schedule, as well as a very, very difficult non-conference schedule. So you don't want that to happen. This year, you hope by this decision with Decker and and, and Huddle as well that they can have stability throughout an offseason up to and through the first game into the season so there's much more of a, a cohesive unit that you can depend on from players to coaches to, to um, support staff and everything in between. And, and that is something that will be necessary for them to reintroduce themselves to the Sun Belt in a way that they feel is better for their program. Also... And I know we've talked about the transfer portal a lot, but it's the college football new world. Hey, our offensive coordinator averaged 50 points per game last year. Probably pretty exciting to wide receivers and quarterbacks in the portal. Matter of fact, Decker should be calling up Ollie Jennings going, you thought you were leading the FBS in receptions before I showed up or in receiving yards before I showed up. Wait till you see this offense I put together. Let's talk about breaking records. You thought Jason Henderson looked fun chasing down FBS records. Come do it on the offensive side. How you feel? How you feel? 757 at 6 here on ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm going to make way for Robbie to close out the show with Robbie's roundout. But everybody stay calm. Transfer portal. It's crazy. It's scary. It's something new. But everyone's going to work through it together. All right? Everyone's going to work through it together. And congratulations to Justin Verlander on signing for a whole bunch of new money. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Robbie will round you out after this. Stick around more of the 757 at 6 coming up next. The clock is running out on the 757 at 6. That means it's time for Robbie's Roundup. Or wait a minute. It's Robbie's Roundabout or Robbie's Roundout. Whatever he's calling it today, here's Robbie Vogler on ESPN Radio 94.1. That's right. Welcome back to the 757 at 6. We are calling it Robbie's Roundout today because we are rounding out your Monday, the first day of the week. 
One of the first Mondays, I think it's, I guess it's the first Monday in December. So happy holidays. Hope you are doing well. Hope you had a great weekend. We will touch on on the high school football a little bit later this week because we have some some state finals to to talk about to break down. Maury getting it done. Phoebus getting it done on the big stage, and and I was unable to go to that game due to some other issues and some other you know things that were going on Saturday, but. The the Maury Green run, it seemed to, you know, kind of the hype was there. Turned out to be a good game. So congratulations to Maury and to Phoebus heading to the state finals. Where Maury lost last year on, I believe it was one one play, last play of the game. You hope that they can kind of, that redemption story. You hope so. Anyway. Today we want to talk, I want to talk about on Robbie's roundout right here on, on the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio. 94.1 is the ODU basketball teams. A big, big weekend for the men and the women. We're going to start with the, the, the women. We're going to move on over to the men. Women getting things done. Their third win in a row over USC Upstate down in Spartansburg, South Carolina. And we discussed this a little bit on Friday. We talked about the importance of this game. We talked about what ODU needed to do during this game. And we've talked about it all season long. About how these are the games you need to win. These are the the opportunities. These are the, the games that... You are expected to win going in, and you get into them, and you you win handily. They beat USC Upstate fifty-seven to thirty-one, and I think that's more of what I, I'm, I'm used to with this ODU women's basketball team. I'm more used to the the defensive, the the, the hard-nosed, defensive-minded team that is ODU basketball. This season has been. Kind of a surprise for a lot of games. And you're going to look at the the last three games that they've played, you know, starting with Coppin State last weekend. 70 points they put up. 77 against Temple, and then, of course, 57, but only giving up 31 points. That is what you want to see for the ODU Monarchs. And I love I love watching what Delisha Milton Jones and her team has done. They may not be the biggest team in the world. They may not be the the size-wise. They may not be the tallest, but you know what? They are the grittiest. I'll tell you that. I've watched a lot of women's basketball over the last, you know, couple of years, and, and ODU ranks up, I'd say, in the top 10 in the country of just grit. And you have a game against the USC Upstate where they can't really get anything started because you are shutting them down defensively and that helps your offense out. Not only does that help your offense out because you can slow things down, but it helps your offense out because you don't have to rely so much on your offense because your defense is doing so good. Your defense is, is exceeding at a level that I don't think a lot of us are used to. But when you get those two things to, to click, watch out. We, we have shown that, that ODU can put up a lot of points. We, we have shown that ODU can put up a lot of points, but they can also keep you from scoring a lot of points. And I think we've seen this in NCAA basketball over the years. UVA is a perfect example. 
They are a program that likes to slow things down. If you are betting on UVA, take the under every single time. They are not a fast-paced offense. They like to let let you linger. They 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 like to take control of the offense and 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 settle the pace and set the pace. And that's exactly what I love about about this. I love watching this team grit and grind their way to victories because I definitely believe once Sunbelt Conference starts in a couple of weeks, once Sunbelt Conference starts at the end of the month, those are the games where every single second is going to matter. Every single point that you give up or do you score is going to matter. And that's a big deal. That is a huge deal, especially for this ODU team where there's some some new faces, there's some familiar faces, but as a young team in general, and this is a team that I think can make a lot of noise in the Sunbelt Conference. Tim talks about it all the time, give them 10 games, give them 10 games. You know what? They're eight games in and I've liked what they've seen, what I've seen so far. There are some things that obviously you can work on. And I told you this. I was very transparent last week when talking about the ODU women. Free throws is something they need to work on. But if they can keep their opponents to 31 points, the free throws obviously still need to happen. But you don't have to rely on that offense and rely on hitting every single shot if you're only giving up 31 points. And again, you're not going to only give up 31 points every single week. I'm not saying you're going to. But they're supposed to win these games. Tomorrow they got an education game, 11 o'clock. You can hear every single second of that game right here on ESPN Radio 94.1. That's always a fun atmosphere. You got kids in the building. They are going to be loud. They are going to be raucous. It's normally the loudest crowd of the night, whether it's the men, the women, you know, uh, any other sport that you have. I remember they have, they used to do education specials for the Tides, and they'd have, I mean, the entire stadium would just be packed with kids. And it's crazy to see how how loud it gets. All, you know, through, you're going to hear it. It's going to be loud. And it's going to get into, so I have, I have no doubt in my mind that they should be able to take care of Lincoln tomorrow on Education Day. Again, that game starts at 11 o'clock. Coverage begins right here at 6 not six. It's six fifty-five right now. What am I talking about? It's ten thirty. Ten thirty pregame right here. ESPN Radio ninety-four point one. Transitioning a little bit over to the men. A huge, and I'm talking huge. Maybe the biggest one of the season for Old Dominion over the weekend, and that was against Norfolk State, who had so far had a very tough schedule. And a, a very tough schedule. A very tough kind of. Going into this game, I think a lot of people thought Norfolk State would would handle it pretty quickly. But ODU was down by one. They won. And that's what I love to see. I want to see Old Dominion, and we've talked about this. Tim's talked about it. I've talked about it. I want to see this team grind out these victories. A team against Norfolk State, which most likely will win the MEAC, most likely will will win 
you know, will we'll go to the NCAA tournament. This is a great victory on a on a resume when you are trying to make your case at the end of the year. But when you also look back at what you've done throughout the year, these are the victories that you have to get in order to kind of get things going. Every other game they've won and lost in stride. Except for the first two games, but I mean the first one was really an exhibition game. So the first, every game that has counted for their record, win-loss, 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 win. Their latest win coming against Norfolk State. And I'm telling you, these are the games you have to win. They got another game coming up on Wednesday against William and Mary. That's going to be a big one. You can hear that right here on ESPN Radio 94.1. Gardner Webb's going to be a tough game next week against George Mason. And then you know what? They have a they have a, a couple of days off. Not next Wednesday, December 21st. They get they get about 11 days off, kind of retool, re, revamp things. And they right after Christmas, that's when things start. Right after Christmas, that is when things go down. Arkansas State at home. They got a pretty good, you know, homestand coming up. They got six games in a row coming up, five games left in the homestand. If you are in the area, if you are in the Norfolk, if you are in the sound of my voice. Hop on down to the Chartway Arena on the campus of Old Dominion University and watch a game. I know Tim and I are going to be at a couple of games later on this season in January. I think we're going to be we're going to try to be at that Coastal game and then of course the JMU game, which is going to be a huge game. Which I, I can I can only imagine that atmosphere and how that is going to be. But I'll tell you this: hats off to Jeff Jones. Hats off to the ODU men's basketball team. Because a win against Norfolk State is no joke. Norfolk State's record says they're five and four. They were five and three going into this game. But I'd say they were a lot a tougher of an opponent than that five and three record showed. Oh, do you got it done? And that's the games that you want to look back at and say, hey, we can do this. We can beat those big time games, those big time programs, the programs that always make it to the NCAA tournament. We are on them their same level. Confidence wise, un unmistakable. That's going to wrap things up for Robbie's Roundout on the 757 at 6. Don't forget to go follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. You can follow me as well at Robbie Vogler, R O B B I E V O G L-E-R. That is on Instagram, Twitter, all the social medias. We will be back tomorrow for a shortened show, but until then, have a great night for Tim Donnelly. I'm Robbie Vogler saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Later.